Well, good weekday evening. Today is Thursday, November 30th, and the time is 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And you are tuned into the weekly edition of the Parents of Prodigals podcast. I'm your host, Brother Alan Weir, for this period of time when we come together for mutual edification, ironing, sharpening iron, intercession, petition, supplication on behalf of those of us who are parents of backslidden, wayward, and unsaved sons and daughters. This podcast began just over a year ago, actually, out of my own burden for the salvation of my unsaved son and daughter, who are adults. Now, several months ago, of course, my son came to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. He accepted Christ as his Lord and Savior. I praise God for the answer to that prayer. And now, of course, I continue to pray and fast and seek the Lord on behalf of my daughter, that she come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And many of you are parents of unsaved backslidden, wayward sons and daughters. Some are teenagers who perhaps used to go to church. Perhaps they used to accompany you to services or to Bible studies, maybe even participated in youth groups. And somewhere along the line, the lost interest are refusing to go. Maybe peer pressure or other influences have lured them away from the things of God and the things of eternity. And they're busy hanging out with friends or getting involved in other lifestyles or other pursuits that are distracting them from the things of eternity. God forbid they should be involved in gang activity or illegal activities or drugs or alcohol or illicit lifestyles. Some of us are parents and guardians, perhaps, of these teenagers. Some of us have adult children who have careers, and that's a good thing. It's a blessing. But when the pursuits of life distract you from the things of eternity and lure you away from pursuing God, pursuing riches, pursuing pleasure, pursuing the things of this world and putting the things of eternity in the back burner. No time for God, no time for prayer, no time for consideration of your soul. That's where the problem lies. The enemy loves to distract people from the things of eternity. Think about the here and now. Eat, drink, and be merry. Live this life now. Don't worry about eternity. Those are lies from the enemy, and he would like nothing more than to see your prodigals and mine enter a Christless eternity. I've often said, and I'll say it again, it bears repeating constantly. We should never forget it. I do not believe we are living in the last days. I believe when we are living in the last moments, the last seconds of history, Biblical prophecy is being fulfilled right before our very eyes. 
The next event on the prophetic biblical calendar is the rapture of the church, the snatching away of all born-again believers, as described in the book of Thessalonians. It'll be a sudden event. It could happen tonight, if the Lord tarries. And following the rapture, there'll be a period of time known as the Great Tribulation, a period of time here on earth when God's judgments will be poured out on an unrepentant and rebellious world, a horrible time. We as born-again believers will not be here for it, but God forbid our prodigals get left behind to face this terrible time of judgment. We do not want to see them enter a Christless eternity or get left behind. And so we pray, we fast, we witness, we become salt and light before them, wanting them to surrender their lives to Christ. They may not believe in the prophetic events like the rapture or the tribulation or the Antichrist, but we do. We pray that the Holy Spirit illuminate, enlighten their minds, God reveal himself to our prodigals so that they realize their need for a Savior. That's what this podcast is about. Prayer and supplication, petition, intercession for our wayward, backslidden, unsaved sons and daughters that they accept Christ as their Lord and Savior, repenting of their sins and surrendering their lives fully to Jesus Christ. I've often said, when the phrase is used, inviting Christ into your life, I have never liked that phrase, and I will tell you why. I can invite you into my car, and you're a passenger, but I'm still the driver. And the title to my car is still in my name. You're a passenger, but I'm still owning the car and still in control of it. I can invite you into my home, but the deed to the home is still in my name. I still call the shots in my home. You're a guest. No. Christ does not want to be a passenger in your life. He does not want to be a guest in your life. He wants the title to your life. And he wants to be in the driver's seat, in full control. Christ does not want to be a guest in your life. He wants the deed to your life, the head of the household of your life. Full surrender to the Lord Jesus Christ, taking self off the throne, confessing sin, and surrendering your life to Jesus Christ, that is what it means to be born again, to be saved. That is our prayer for our prodigal sons and daughters. Not having Christ as a guest, not inviting him into your life, making Christ your life, surrendering your life completely, totally, uncompromisingly to the control of the Lord Jesus Christ. What a blessing it is to serve the Lord. Our prodigals have no idea what it's like, but we pray that the Lord reveal himself to them. This is a live podcast.
and that means that we welcome your participation and your input into it. There'll be a small devotional, a short devotional we'll be giving, and later on in our podcast, we'll be entering a time of prayer. There is still time to get your prayer request in. You can type it in, and we will see it on our screen. Maybe you have a testimony you'd like to share on what the Lord is doing in your life, in the life of your prodigal. Maybe perhaps you want to share a scripture, an encouragement, a word of encouragement to other listeners. Or perhaps you have a prayer request that you want us to bring before the throne of grace. We welcome your participation. If you're on the Podbean app, I do believe that there is a phone icon that you would click on. We will patch you in live. Something you have to share and say will be a blessing to another listener. And so we welcome your participation, your input into this podcast. Again, this is an ironing, sharpening iron time. At this time, we want to welcome listeners from a variety of municipalities, both nationally within the United States and internationally as well. We want to welcome listeners in New York, California, Colorado, Pennsylvania, North and South Carolina, Oklahoma and Massachusetts, Connecticut, Idaho, and Georgia. We welcome listeners in Alabama and Maryland, Tennessee and Texas, Ohio and Utah, Wisconsin, Virginia and West Virginia, New Jersey and Montana, Illinois, Minnesota, Louisiana, New Hampshire, Oregon, the state of Washington, Rhode Island, Indiana, Arizona, Michigan, Iowa, New Mexico, Kentucky, Arkansas, Mississippi, and Wyoming. Internationally, we want to welcome listeners in Mexico and Canada, Australia, France and Uganda, Brazil, the United Kingdom, Bosnia-Herzegovina, the Philippines, India, Germany, New Zealand, Zimbabwe, Tanzania, and most recently, Japan. We have listeners in Japan. We welcome all of you to the Parents of Prodigals podcast now. Again, this is a live podcast, and it is just after 7, 7, 11, 7, 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. There are several people, many people, who will be listening to this podcast live, and there are also others, many others, who will be downloading, who are not able to listen live, and will be listening to this podcast through a download. Maybe perhaps due to time differences in other states and other countries. Or perhaps people will be downloading because of responsibilities at work and they are not able to listen live. I'll say it again as I've said before. There are no restraints or constraints with the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God can work as mightily and as powerfully through a downloaded podcast as he can through live listenership. We praise God for that. At this time, join with me in an opening word of prayer 
before we proceed any further. Father, I thank you, we thank you for this time together, Lord, a time of sharing, a time of petition and intercession and supplication for those of us who are parents of unsaved and wayward and backslidden sons and daughters. We need prayer, Lord God. We can get discouraged. The enemy can try to discourage us from believing that our prodigals can be saved. And Lord, I pray that every listener to this podcast, whether live or at a later date through the download, is blessed and strengthened and encouraged and comforted by what will be shared here during this podcast. We ask for complete cleansing and forgiveness for any sins we have committed. We do not want our prayers to be hindered. Who can ascend unto your holy hill, Lord God, those with clean hands and a pure heart? Forgive anything we may have said, any thoughts we may have had, any acts we may have committed. No matter what it is, Lord God, cleanse us from all sin. We're sorry, Lord God. We want to be in right fellowship with you, Lord God. We want nothing to hinder, not just our prayers, Lord, but more important, we want nothing to hinder our relationship with you. And so we do humbly ask you, forgive us, Lord. Cleanse us from all sin. Restore the joy of salvation and the blessedness of fellowship with you. We worship you. We praise you. Let this be a time, Lord God. It's all about you, Lord, not about us. So let this be a time of complete, total, and 100% worship. And putting you first, Lord God. Let this also be a time of blessing and comfort for every listener, Lord. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I ask your patience with me this broadcast. I am combating and battling a cold. And so I ask you to pray my health and strength in the Lord. I pray also that all of you had a blessed Thanksgiving holiday. We were not on the air last week, all of us spending time with family and friends, giving thought to the many blessings that God has bestowed upon us. We don't want to take anything for granted. God is good. We worship and praise the Lord for the many blessings in our lives. Well, the title of tonight's devotional is being a Thessalonian parent to our prodigals, being a Thessalonian parent to our prodigals. And our scripture text will be taken from Paul's first letter to the Thessalonians, chapter 1, verses 2 through 10. 1 Thessalonians, chapter 1, verses 2 through 10. And I will give you a moment to find that text in your Bibles. You know, when we think about how close the coming of the Lord is and the urgency we see for our prodigal sons and daughters to come to Christ, it's very tempting to constantly want to present the gospel to them at every opportunity. 
Sometimes we'll badger them about coming to church. Sometimes we will suggest Christian movies or TV programs that they should watch. At every encounter or conversation with them, whether in person or by phone or any other means, we always find a way to slip in the gospel. Now, this isn't necessarily a bad thing, but what can happen, and often does happen, is that our unsaved or backslidden children, whether they're teens at home or adults, will react by either becoming hostile or by simply shutting down. And by this, I mean that they may break off contact with us or reduce contact with us until we get the message to back off and leave them alone. Well, in this evening's devotional, we're going to take a look at and talk about a very powerful approach that is found in our scripture text regarding the testimony of the Thessalonian believers, a testimony that was so powerful that Paul stated at times he didn't even need to speak about the gospel's power. It spoke for itself in the lives of the Thessalonian believers. A testimony so powerful and effective that Paul said it, quote, sounded forth, unquote, throughout the provinces. Now that word or phrase, sounded forth, used in our scripture text is the Greek word, execheo, execheo. It describes the sound of a trumpet blast or thunder that is so loud that it reverberates. It echoes in different directions for long periods of time. So let's read our scripture text together. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 2 through 10. And I'll be reading first from the English Standard Version and then from the New Living Translation. Let's read. We give thanks to God always for all of you, constantly mentioning you in our prayers, remembering before our God and Father your work of faith and labor of love and steadfastness of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. For we know, brothers loved by God, that he has chosen you because our gospel came to you not only in word, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and with full conviction. And You know what kind of men we proved to be among you for your sake. And you became imitators of us and of the Lord. For you receive the word in much affliction with the joy of the Holy Spirit, so that you became an example to all the believers in Macedonia and in Achaia. For not only has the word of the Lord sounded forth from you in Macedonia and in Achaia, but your faith in God has gone forth everywhere, so that we need not say anything. For they themselves report concerning us the kind of reception we had among you, and how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who delivers us from the wrath to come. And now, reading from the New Living Translation. We always thank God for all of you and pray for you constantly. As we pray to our God and Father about you, we think of your faithful work, your loving deeds, and the enduring hope you have because of our Lord Jesus Christ. We know, dear brothers and sisters, that God loves you 
and has chosen you to be his own people. For when we brought you the good news, it was not only with words, but also with power. For the Holy Spirit gave you full assurance that what we said was true. And you know of our concern for you from the way we lived when we were with you. So you received a message with joy from the Holy Spirit in spite of the severe suffering it brought you. In this way, you imitated both us and the Lord. As a result, you have become an example to all the believers in Greece throughout both Macedonia and Achaia. And now the word of the Lord is ringing out from you to people everywhere, even beyond Macedonia and Achaia. For wherever we go, we find people telling us about your faith in God. We don't need to tell them about it, for they keep talking about the wonderful welcome you gave us how you turned away from idols to serve the living and true God. And they speak of how you are looking forward to the coming of God's Son from heaven, Jesus, whom God raised from the dead. He is the one who has rescued us from the terrors of the common and coming judgment. Praise God. This passage speaks about not just three key elements in the testimony of the Thessalonian believers, but three responses in those who were affected by their genuine walk. Now, if we as parents of unsaved or backslidden children have these three characteristics, we will see three responses from our prodigals. And those three key elements in our lives are one, the work of faith or the work produced by their faith. Two, their labor of love or their labor produced by the love they had. Three, their endurance of hope, that is the perseverance because of having an eternal hope. These were the three characteristics that the Thessalonian believers had that we ourselves should have in our lives and our prodigals should see in us. And what are the three responses that our prodigals will show? Well, one is the prodigal's observation, seeing how we live Jesus Christ before them. Two, the prodigal's remembrance, that is, they're keeping in mind what we were like before and what we're like now, as well as remembering how we're living right now. And three, the prodigal's testimony of our walk talking about what they see in us to other people as well as to us. Now, it's interesting to note that when Paul mentions these three characteristics in the Thessalonian believers, he used the term, he remembered without ceasing these traits. And that word remember is the Greek word menemeneo, menemeneo. The entire phrase remember without ceasing is Menemoneo aidiloptos. Menemoneo aidiloptos. This phrase is in the present tense, and it means Paul's memory of how the Thessalonian believers lived and their testimony was always stuck in his memory. It stuck out. Their commitment to Christ, their intense love and perseverance was constantly and always in his mind. First, one. 
the Thessalonians, their work produced by faith. Well, what was this work? Well, verse 9 answers that question. The Thessalonian believers turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God. Now notice the order in terminology and wording in Greek. To God, from idols, and then to serving. The Thessalonians turned to God from idols, not from idols to God. It wasn't that they had become fed up with their idols and then decided to give God a chance. No, they turned to God and found and discovered that serving Christ and walking with him was so satisfying that they dropped their idols. In fact, the word turned in Greek, epistrefo, epistrefo is in the indicative mood, meaning it's a change that has truly taken place. It wasn't fake. It wasn't an act, nor was it forced. The Thessalonians were not playing church. Do our prodigals see the change that has truly taken place in our lives? I truly pray that that is the case in our lives. Second, the labor produced by our love. The labor produced by our love. The surrounding areas and population around Thessalonica were aware of the difficulty the believers were going through. They were harassed in public, arrested, ridiculed, sometimes assaulted. But the authenticity of their love for God was known by the way they continued to also love and forgive their persecutors and their continued generosity and kindness to everyone around them. In fact, the word labor in Greek means to cut down, to chop. It describes intensity, something that is done to the point of fatigue, going the extra mile above and beyond. There is little doubt that these Thessalonian believers had the 1 Corinthians chapter 13 love to an intensive level. The intensity, the self-sacrificial extent of their love, spoke loudly about how real their change was. These guys were the real thing, and it showed. Do our prodigals say that about us? Do they see labor produced by love? And third, their endurance of hope. Their endurance of hope. The last character trait that the Thessalonian believers had that Paul remembered without ceasing and that people in the provinces were impressed with was their perseverance and holding up despite all that they were going through. And the thing that gave them endurance was the hope of a future eternity with the Lord Jesus Christ, despite what was happening at that moment. There was no guarantee that things were going to get better. In fact, it got worse. With their complete trust and peace and inner contentment, despite that what they were experiencing was more effective and more of an impact than a multitude of sermons because it could be seen in their lives. In fact, the word in our text, endurance, is the Greek word hupomene, hupomene. Now, I've said before that Greek, like many of the other Eastern languages, tend to be picture-oriented, and the words usually convey an image of something. That Greek word for endurance, hupomone, is the picture of a soldier, 
who even though he's surrounded by overwhelming odds, keeps fighting and believes he is victorious. It's also the picture of a flower that is blooming and still thriving, even if the ground it's planted in is dry and the hot sun is beating down on it. It is staying power. Do our unsaved and backslidden sons and daughters observe, remember without ceasing, and talk about the joy and peace that they see in us in difficulty when we're having a hard time? Or do they see, remember, and talk about how they heard us grumbling and complaining and losing hope during hard times? You know, the closing thought that can summarize this devotional is this. When Paul mentions in our text that he presented the gospel to the Thessalonian believers, not just in word, but in power and in the Holy Spirit, that word power is the Greek word dunamis, dunamis. While it is true that the word dynamite has its root in the word dunamis, a common misinterpretation is that this word refers to explosive power or explosiveness. Combustion did not exist in the first century, nor prior to that. The Greek word dunamis is where we get our word dynamic from. It means the ability to carry out a function. It is transforming ability. The people in the provinces saw how the Thessalonian believers had been dunamis, changed, transformed. And the Thessalonians saw how Paul, the hateful persecutor of believers, had also been dunamis, transformed and changed. You know, it's interesting to note that the ancient name of Thessalonica was the name Thermea, Thermea, meaning place of the hot springs, and the healing, restorative, and refreshing powers of the waters that were there. Brothers and sisters, we all know and can clearly see, as I've said before, that biblical prophecy is being fulfilled right before our very eyes, and that time is running out. Let us all ask the Lord to turn us into Thessalonian parents, believers, so that our wayward and prodigal children can see, remember, and talk about our Christian witness before them. Our walk should have the same restorative, refreshing, and healing spiritually on our prodigals. May the Lord use our testimony, as well as our testifying, to lead them to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Well, I pray that that devotional was a blessing to you. At this time, we're going to break into a musical interlude. We have reached a halfway mark of the Parents of Prodigals podcast. And at this time, we play two blessed musical numbers that I pray will edify and encourage you in the faith. And so, let's enjoy and reflect on the lyrics of these two musical numbers, and then we'll return with the second portion of the Parents of Prodigals podcast. In the second portion, we're going to come before the throne of grace and present petitions before the Lord for many ready requests for prodigal sons and daughters. Be blessed, and we'll be right back with the second portion of the Parents of Prodigals podcast. Stay tuned.
Is there something in your heart Between you and the Lord Are you drifting apart Not as close anymore There's nothing you can do That He will not forgive Bring it to the cross And let it die got you battered and bound, struggling for strength, do you long to lay it down, don't take another step, just kneel where you stand, lay it at the cross, and take a hammer in your hand, nail it to the cross, get it under the blood. Yeah. 
I'm going to read lyrics from a song, a hymn that was written a long time ago by a great man of God by the name of A.B. Simpson. The name of the hymn is called Nothing is Too Hard for Jesus. And the scripture that this hymn is based on is from Jeremiah chapter 32, verse 17. Jeremiah chapter 32, verse 17, which says, Ah, Lord God, there is nothing too hard for thee. Listen to these lyrics before we enter prayer for our prodigals. Often there comes a wondrous message when my hopes are growing dim. I can hear it through the darkness like some sweet and far-off hymn. When my frame is worn with sickness and with tears my eyelids swim, I can hear the promise ringing like some sweet and heavenly hymn. When my way is closed in darkness and my enemies are fierce and grim, still it sings above the conflict like some glad victorious hymn. When my heart is crushed with anguish and the waters reach the brim, faith can hear the mighty chorus like some mighty battle hymn. Let us claim the mighty promise, let us light the torches dim. Let us join the mighty chorus, let us swell the glorious hymn. Nothing is too hard for Jesus. No man can work like him. Nothing is too hard for Jesus. No man can work like him. Think about that as we come before the throne of grace with these requests for our prodigal sons and daughters. There's still time to get your request in. If you have a prayer request, type it in. We'll bring it before the throne of grace. Touch and agree with me right now. Our first request, we pray for some of these, many of these young people every week. We're going to continue to pray for them. Every week we pray for two young men, both by the name of Joshua. And both these young men are facing the bondage of addiction. And both these young men have wandered away. They come from Christian homes. And both these young men named Joshua has wandered from the faith. Well, touch and agree with me right now for both these young men. For deliverance from addiction and the salvation of their souls. Heavenly Father, we thank you for these two young men. We thank you for praying parents and godly households that are concerned for these two young men. And Heavenly Father, we just touch and agree and we pray right now for both these young men named Joshua. Mighty God, we come before you bearing the burden for them, Lord. We pray that they may get to know you and how great you are. Deliver them from the hands of Satan, from the grips and stronghold of drug addiction. The enemy has blind both these young men from seeing the light of the gospel, Lord. Open their eyes to see your goodness, Lord. Open their minds to understand the sacrifice of your son, Lord. We just lift both these young men up, Lord God. We pray that you deliver them 
Lord, give them a distaste for narcotics. Give them a distaste for the lifestyle that they're living, Lord. Steer them away from the people they're hanging out with, the places where they're going, the things that they're doing. We just plead your blood, Lord Jesus, over them, Lord, for their deliverance and salvation. Begin the work. We know it's already begun. We pray that you continue to work in both their lives, even now, Lord God. Wherever they are, you know where they are right at this very moment. Touch. Touch them both, Lord God. Convict them of their waywardness. Bring them back to you. Yes, Lord, do whatever it takes to bring the prodigal home, to bring the wayward home, Heavenly Father. We commit both Joshua's into your hands, Heavenly Father. We thank you for working in their lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Every week we pray for three young ladies by the name of Gabby, Valentina, and Angela. And these three young ladies also come from Christian households, of course. And all three of them are facing issues such as low self-esteem or depression or maybe some emotional issues, or even hostility to the gospel. We're going to touch and agree for all three of these young ladies right now. Let the Lord speak to their hearts and steer them away from whatever lifestyle they're involved in. Touch and agree with me right now. We call them by name, Gabby, Valentina, and Angela. Heavenly Father, Lord in heaven, we bring these three young ladies before you. We thank you for their godly households, Lord God. Their parents are burdened for them, Lord. The rapture could take place at any moment, and death could happen at any time, Lord God. Lord, move in the lives of these three young ladies. First and foremost, deliver them from the captivity of the enemy camp and of the enemy's grip. Whatever they're involved with, whatever they're doing, whoever they're hanging out with, whatever vices they have, whatever lifestyles they're living, whatever stronghold they're in bondage to. Lord, deliver them. Deliver them, Lord God. Let their ears be receptive to your word. Strike down any hostility, any resistance, Lord God. They may think the gospel is foolish. They may be angry. They may be bitter. They may think the things of God are a waste of time. Let your word which is an inspiration, inspire them. Help these three young ladies, Gabby, Valentina, and Angela, realize what's wrong in their lives. Correct them, Lord God. Convict them of sin. Open up their eyes to what they're doing. Soften their hardened hearts, Lord God. Right now, we just rebuke the power of the enemy in the name of Jesus. We just rebuke the enemy in the lives of these three young ladies. We claim victory, the blood of Christ over all three of these young girls. Lord, forgive them of their sins. Cleanse them with the mighty blood of your Son. Be their Savior. Lead them to the point where they surrender their lives to you. And again, Lord God, we it bears repeating, Father. Do whatever is necessary. Do whatever is necessary, Lord. Break them. Give them no rest. There is no rest for the wicked. That's in your word, Lord God. Give Gabby, Valentina, and Angela no rest in their lives. 
give them a restlessness in their souls. Only rest, true rest, is found in you, Lord Jesus. Help Gabby, Valentina, and Angela realize that. We commit them into your hands, Lord God. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. My dear brother Jamie and sister India have a beautiful daughter named China, and it was several months ago, a while back, when I received a text message and a phone call that China had surrendered her life to Jesus Christ. And praise God for her salvation. Another name written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Another chair and table placemat set for the marriage supper of the Lamb. However, we all know that there will always be a counterattack. The enemy will never allow this to go unaddressed or resisted. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And so we're going to lift China up in prayer for her perseverance in the faith. We're going to pray against any counterattack. Touch and agree with me for our dear sister, China. Father, we thank you first and foremost for China's parents, my dear brother Jamie and sister India, praying parents who lifted their daughter up in the faith, who prayed for her soul, who prayed for her deliverance, who didn't give up even when it seemed difficult. There were times when the enemy tried to discourage them, but Lord God, your spirit encouraged them both. Perseverance in the faith, steadfastness in prayer. And Lord, you brought it to pass, and we thank you and praise you for China's salvation. And now, Lord God, we pray that a battalion, an army, a brigade, thousands of angels surround China to protect her from the onslaught of the enemy's counterattacks. Counterattacks that are meant to discourage her. Counterattacks that are meant to lure her back into the world. Counterattacks that are meant even to help her to make her compromise. The enemy will whisper in China's ear, don't be a fanatic. Cave in a little bit. Don't be so hard on yourself. We rebuke these thoughts, these words. We rebuke these propaganda statements, satanic propaganda on the part of the enemy to lure China back into the world. We plead the blood of Jesus over our sister China. Lord, that you protect her. Strengthen her spirit. Give her a powerful and mighty, make her a prayer warrior. Give her a mighty and powerful prayer life. Give her a hunger and thirst for your word. When she reads her Bible, speak to her, Lord God. Help her to meditate on scripture. Holy Spirit, strengthen her. Help her to increase in knowledge, in wisdom. Make China the woman of God that you're working on, Lord God. Turn China into Ruth. Turn her into Esther. Lord, we commit China into your hands, her strength in the Lord, her perseverance, her continuance. We rebuke and cancel any contract that the enemy has put out on her. We rebuke demons and evil spirits that are after her. We plead the blood of Christ over China. She's covered by the blood and protected. Our dear sister China, we just pray for her protection. Thank you, Lord, for her salvation. 
help her to persevere in the faith. The stand fast, stekos in Greek. Help my dear sister China stand fast and firm in the faith, not caving in, not listening to any satanic discouragements. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Every week we pray for the adult son of my dear brother Frank and sister Rose. Their son's name is Edgar. Now Edgar knows the gospel. He knows about Jesus Christ. He knows that there is salvation in no other name. But knowing something and applying it to your life are two different things. Knowledge is not enough. You have to surrender your life to Jesus Christ. Knowing about Christ is one thing. Knowing Christ is quite another. Let's all touch and agree for Edgar right now. Heavenly Father, we thank you once again for praying parents who are burdened for the deliverance and salvation of their son. Now, Lord, you see Edgar. You see where he is right now. You see what he's doing, the people he's hanging out with, whatever lifestyle he's involved with, Lord. We pray for Edgar's deliverance and salvation. Lord God, we just lift Edgar up right now that you convict him of his sin. We thank you for salvation, Lord God, but now we pray for Edgar's salvation, Heavenly Father. Reveal yourself to him in a mighty way. Lord, it even came to our attention that Edgar's partner, her name is Melissa. We pray for Melissa as well right now, that Melissa be salt and light and inspiration. We understand that Melissa is receptive to the gospel. We pray right now for both Edgar and Melissa for their deliverance and salvation. In the name of Jesus, we break the whatever curse has been placed upon them. We break the bonds that are binding both of these individuals. We pray for Edgar's and Melissa's deliverance. We pray for their salvation. We rebuke the forces of darkness. Let the gospel get to both of them, Edgar and Melissa. Maybe it's a co-worker who's saved. Maybe it's a Christian song or a gospel track. Whatever it is, Lord God, put a burden on Edgar and Melissa to come to church, to hear the gospel. Let your word fall on good ground when they hear it. Deliverance and salvation, that's what we're praying for, for Edgar and Melissa, Heavenly Father. We commit them both into your hands, Father. Time is short. This is no time to play games. We just plead the blood of Christ over Edgar and Melissa. Move in their lives, Lord God. Move in their lives. Let their names be written in the Lamb's Book of Life. We thank you and we praise you. We know that you're working even now. We're not going to pay attention to the lies of the enemy who will say the truth far gone. Nope. The Lord is moving now, even in the lives of Edgar and Melissa. We praise you and thank you, Lord, for their deliverance and salvation. You're moving and you're working. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We're going to lift up in prayer four young adults. Their names are Joseph, Jessica, Joshua, and Joel. Now, it's our understanding when we receive this prayer request that two are very hostile to the gospel and two others are somewhat open to it. 
Whatever the case, all four of them, is my understanding, are not saved. And so we're going to lift these four young people up before the throne of grace. We don't know the details exactly, but God knows the details about each of their individual lives. Touch and agree with me right now. For Joseph, Jessica, Joshua, and Joel. Father, we thank you for these four young people, Heavenly Father. Now, Lord, you know the details about these four young people. You know what they're doing and what their thoughts are. You know what they think about the gospel. It may be hostile. It may be cynical. Maybe perhaps they think that they're saved, or perhaps they have a form of godliness. Whatever it is, Heavenly Father, we lift up these four young people, Joseph, Jessica, Joshua, and Joel. Holy Spirit, touch their minds, touch their hearts, touch their souls. Open their eyes to the truth of the gospel, the truth of salvation. We rebuke the spirit of destruction, the spirit of deception, the spirit of hostility or resistance right now in their lives. We pray that the spirit of God touch Joseph, Jessica, Joshua, and Joel so that they become open to the message of the gospel. We bind every spirit of mind blindness in their lives in the name of Jesus. And we pray for their deliverance and salvation. Whatever is holding them in bondage, whatever lifestyle, whatever vice, whatever frame of mind, whatever wall is around their minds and their hearts, we bring down these strongholds. Our weapons are mighty to the pulling down of strongholds, and we pull down strongholds of hostility. We pull down strongholds of resistance. We pull down strongholds of cynicism. We pull down strongholds of self-righteousness. We pull down strongholds of preoccupation in different things. In the lives of Joseph, Jessica, Joshua, and Joel, we take every thought into captivity, and we plead the blood of Christ over them for their deliverance and salvation. Save these four young people, Lord God. Rescue them from the enemy camp, Lord. And bring them to the point where they see the need to surrender their lives to you, Lord God. In Jesus' name we pray. We thank you for their salvation now. Amen and amen. We want to lift up in prayer the adult son of a dear sister who was tuning in right now. This young man, his name is Johnny. And Johnny, I understand, is in bondage to alcoholism. Now, it's my understanding, according to my dear sister in Christ, that God is moving. And that there are things happening in Johnny's life that the Lord is causing to happen. God has his own timing and his own way of doing things. So we're going to lift Johnny up in prayer right now. We're going to lift up our dear sister first, and then Johnny, right now in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you for the dear sister in Christ who is tuning in live, a woman of God who is praying for her son. Strengthen, my dear sister. Encourage her heart. 
so that she doesn't cave in or get discouraged, Lord, no matter how things look, no matter how they seem. Father, encourage my sister so that she perseveres and continues in prayer, not giving up, but completely trusting in you for her son's salvation. And right now, we lift Johnny up in prayer right now. We rebuke alcoholism right now, the destructiveness in mind and in body of alcohol. Lord, can't say it any plainer. Give Johnny a distaste for alcohol. Give him a distaste for the bottle. Open up his eyes and let him realize that there's nothing in the bottle that can satisfy him. Bring him to the point where he looks at a bottle of alcohol and doesn't want to take a sip. Make him fed up with his lifestyle, Lord God. Give him no rest. Give him sleepless nights, restlessness in spirit. Until he realizes his need of a savior. Give Johnny a Damascus Road experience, Lord God. Break down any resistance. Continue to move in Johnny's life, Lord God. We pray for Johnny's deliverance from alcoholism. We pray that you bring healing to his mind. The enemy will whisper into Johnny's ear that he needs a drink. It's the way to cope with stress. We rebuke those thoughts in the name of Jesus. We pray for healing for the body as well. The ravages of alcohol destroying the body physically. We pray for healing, both mentally, emotionally, and physically. The hem of the garment of the Savior is touched right now. Bring healing to Johnny right now. And bring deliverance and salvation. Bring him to the foot of the cross, Lord God. Keep causing circumstances to happen in his life that will bring him to the foot of the cross and to the point where he will fully surrender his life to you. Victory is on its way, sister. I touch and agree with you right now. We praise and thank you, Lord God, for Johnny's deliverance and his salvation. We don't know when it's going to happen. Could happen tonight. Could happen tomorrow or next week. But Lord, you have your own way and your own timing. We commit Johnny into your hands and we trust him into your hands, Lord God. He's in good hands with you, Father. Thank you for his deliverance and salvation. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Every week we pray for a young man by the name of Rashan. And when we received this prayer request a while back, the circumstances were was that Rashan was a Christian, but then reached a point where he didn't believe. He became addicted to social media, different philosophies, and got sidetracked from the faith. More lies and counterattacks from the enemy. There's nothing more that Satan wants than to see Rashan in a Christless eternity in the lake of fire. This is a fight to the death spiritually. No prisoners will be taken. And so let's pray for Rashan right now for deliverance and salvation. Father, Lord God, we pray. We lift up Rashan right now, Father. Now, Lord, this request came a while back, Lord God. We don't know what's going on. But, Father, we commit Rashan into your hands. At what point he did believe. So, Lord, we ask right now that you restore Rashan's trust and faith in you. Restore him back into the fold, Lord God. 
Open up his eyes to the truth of salvation, the truth of the gospel, the truth of your word, your truth, Lord God. You are the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by you, Lord Jesus. Bring this back to Rashan's realization, Lord God. We just pray for him right now. We rebuke the spirit of deception, the spirit of blindness in Rashan's life. Unblind his eyes so that he sees he's been deceived, bamboozled, and coerced by the enemy into turning away from the Lord. Restore Rashan's faith, Lord God, and do it in the way you know how to do it, Heavenly Father. We pray for Rashan. We pray for his restoration back into the faith. Bring the prodigal back, Lord. Bring the prodigal back. Bring the prodigal back. We lift Rashan up before you right now. We commit him into your hands, Lord God. We're waiting for that testimony to come, that Rashan has recommitted his life to you. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. We want to lift up a young man by the name of Matthew. And a while back, we received a request from Matthew's mom, I believe. Matthew was suicidal, involved in the occult and other things, getting into trouble and becoming and being wayward in the faith. Well, we need to pray for Matthew's deliverance and salvation right now. We're going to touch and agree with Matthew's family, who has a burden for him. Touch and agree with me right now for Matthew. Father, we just thank and praise you for praying parents in Matthew's life. And Lord, it's easy to get discouraged or become disillusioned, especially when things are left unchanged, Lord God. Father, we just lift Matthew up right now in prayer. First, we pray for Matthew's family members that you encourage them and strengthen them, that they stay faithful completely trusting in you, Lord God, and not caving in or giving in to the lies of the enemy that the situation is hopeless. It's not. Matthew's in your hands, Lord God, and we lift Matthew up right now. We bind every spirit of mind blindness in Matthew's life in the name of Jesus. We rebuke any spirits of destruction. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, and we rebuke the thief right now. We rebuke the spirit of bondage. We release Matthew right now. We speak freedom in Matthew's life. We plead the blood of Christ over Matthew. We rebuke any contracts also in Matthew's life. The enemy has a contract on Matthew, wants to see him dead. We speak life to Matthew's life right now in the name of Jesus. We pray for his deliverance and salvation. And we believe and praise you, Lord God, for Matthew's deliverance and salvation. We rebuke the spirit of suicide. You came that Matthew may have life and have it abundantly. Make this real in Matthew's life. We rebuke occult involvement, false beliefs, trusting in mediums and astrology. We rebuke these things in the name of Jesus. Let the spirit of truth prevail in Matthew's life. We thank you and we praise you for deliverance, freedom, 
salvation and the filling of the Holy Spirit in Matthew's life. Keep working, Lord God. Do what's necessary. Break Matthew's stubborn self-will. Do whatever it takes, Lord God. It may be painful. Perform spiritual surgery in Matthew's heart and mind. Perform spiritual root canal, Lord God, if necessary. But do what's necessary, even if it's painful. His soul's at stake. Eternity's at stake. We commit Matthew into your hands, Heavenly Father. We thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Several weeks back, we received a phone call, a testimony over the phone from Texas' mom. Texas' mom's son, Curtis, accepted Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. And mom called and gave a testimony of Curtis's deliverance and salvation and how things have been working out in Curtis's life. But again, like our dear sister China, ground that is gained through intercessory prayer has to be held through prayer. Counterattacks will always come to try to regain the ground that we won through our Lord Jesus Christ through prayer. And so we're going to lift up Curtis's mom and Curtis himself, his continued perseverance in the faith, his continued strength, open doors for success in his life, stability and blessing. Touch and agree with me right now. For Texas mom and for her son, our brother Curtis. Father, we just lift up Curtis's mom in this great state of Texas. And Heavenly Father, we just pray that you continue to encourage her heart so that she keeps praying for her son and not give up. Heavenly Father, the enemy will always try to discourage praying parents. Lord, sometimes three steps forward, two steps back, Lord God. One of the chief weapons of the enemy is discouragement. And so we rebuke discouragement in the life of this mom. And we pray her strength in the Lord and her perseverance in prayer as she continued to ask, seek, and knock for her son. Strengthen this mom in her faith, Lord God. And right now we lift up our dear brother Curtis. We thank you for his salvation, first and foremost, Lord God. Thank you for his salvation. Thank you for doing what was necessary to bring him to the throne of grace. And Lord, we pray for his perseverance, Lord God. We pray that you continue to strengthen him. Make him a man of God. Turn him into a Joshua. Turn him into a Matthew, a Luke, a John, a Peter, into a Moses, into a Gideon. Make him the persevering and strong man of God that he can be, Lord God. Give him a double portion of your Holy Spirit. Baptize him in the Holy Ghost, Lord God. Holy Spirit fire is what's needed to strengthen this young man in the faith. And Lord God, Curtis had a Damascus Road experience. And now, Heavenly Father, we pray that you give Curtis an upper room experience. Let the fire of the Holy Spirit fall on Curtis, Lord God. Let the fire fall on him. Fresh oil, anointing, 
Let the anointing fall on Curtis. Strengthen him, Lord God, in the faith. Open doors for success, Lord God, and stability, Heavenly Father. If it's a job he needs, open up a door for a job. Strengthen him in his sobriety. Give him stability in mind, in heart, in soul. Blessed is the man that doesn't walk in the counsel of the ungodly, or stand in the way of sinners, or sit in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. Help this young man, Curtis, Lord God, not to pay attention to the counsel of the ungodly. Give Curtis the perseverance and the resistance, not to seat, not to sit in the seat of the scornful, Lord God, or to stand in the way of sinners. But give Curtis a hunger for your word, so that he meditates in your word day and night and bears fruit in his life, Lord God. We thank you and we praise you that Curtis is saved and his name is written in the book of life. There's a chair for him at the marriage supper of the Lamb. And now strengthen Curtis with all power and might. Again, Father, let Holy Ghost fire fall on him, even now, Lord God. In Jesus' name, amen. A request came in a while back for four adult children. Their names are Jason, Sarah, Michael, and Tyler. And the parent who called this in wanted prayer that these four young adults be surrounded by godly influences and that the Lord make himself real to them and that they come to a saving knowledge of Christ. Touch and agree with me right now for these four adult children, Jason, Sarah, Michael, and Tyler. Heavenly Father, we thank you for praying parents once again, Lord God. And Lord, we lift up these four young adults, Jason, Sarah, Michael, and Tyler. Lord, whether they're students or whether they're working people, surround them with godly influences. If they're students in school, surround them with Christian peers. If they're working adults, surround them with Christian co-workers, Lord God. Surround them with godly influences, people who will witness to them and live Christ before them. Harass these four young people, Lord God, spiritually. Yes, Lord, I said it. Harass them. Stalk them, Lord God. We speak life to Jason, Sarah, Michael, and Tyler. Yes, Lord God. Harass and stalk all four of them. Don't leave them alone. Give them no rest. Surround them with Christians, Christian neighbors, Christian friends, Christian acquaintances, Christian co-workers, people that they walk to and run into on the street. If they're sitting in a theater, let the person sitting next to them be a believer. If they're sitting in a diner, let the person in the next booth be a believer. No matter where they are or what they're doing, surround them with believers. We pray for their deliverance and salvation, Lord God, that you open up their hearts and minds. Open the eyes of Jason, Sarah, Michael, and Tyler to their spiritual condition in the name of Jesus. Let them see their need for a Savior. Lord, send people across their path who can share the gospel with them. And we rebuke 
lies. We rebuke propaganda. The enemy may be trying to tell these four young people they don't need Christ, don't listen to the gospel, they're fine the way they are. We rebuke these thoughts in the name of Jesus, and we speak life and salvation for Jason, Sarah, Michael, and Tyler. Grant them, Lord God, a personal relationship with your son, Jesus Christ. Do what's necessary to save their souls. We commit all four of these young people into your hands, Lord God, to do what is necessary for their deliverance and salvation. In Jesus' name, we thank you and praise you. We know you're working. Even now, like the song says, even when we can't see it, you're working. You are working in their lives, Lord God, and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. We want to lift up in prayer a young man by the name of Joe. And the parent who called in this request was asking that Joe find his way back to the Lord. Joe doesn't believe that he's worthy to be saved. Wow. You know what? None of us are worthy. That's true. But we are made worthy through the blood of Jesus Christ. And Joe was disappointed in life. He's disappointed with the way things are going in his life. So right now we're going to touch and agree and pray for Joe's deliverance and salvation, that he find life with meaning. Touch and agree with me right now. Father, we lift up Joe in the name of Jesus. We pray that spiritual blindness be erased from Joe's life and that you reveal yourself to him, Lord God. Reveal yourself to be loving, mighty, Heavenly Father. You love Joe, and you want his name written in the book of life. Lord God, give him life abundant. You come that we may have life, and life abundantly. You stand at the door and knock. Knock on the door of Joe's heart right now, Lord God, and convict him of his sin so that he opens the door. We come against the powers of darkness that are blinding and holding Joe back from receiving the gospel in the name of Jesus. So we command the spirit of the power of the air to loosen and release Joe so that he may be free to accept you, Lord Jesus, as his savior. We cancel contracts. The enemy has a contract on Joe, wants to see him dead spiritually and physically. But we speak life to Joe. We claim Joe for the kingdom. Heavenly Father, have mercy on him. Do what's necessary to save Joe. Help him to find his way back to you, Lord God. Bring him back to the fold, Lord God. Convict him of his sin. Soften a hardened heart. Bring people his way who'll witness to him. Break a stubborn and resistant spirit. Deliver and save this young man, Joe. In Jesus' name, we lift him up, and we thank you and praise you for his salvation. Amen and amen. Well, we've come to the end of this edition of the Parents of Prodigals podcast, and I pray that it was a blessing to you. We want to assure you that we do not just lift up these prayers on Thursdays, but these prayer requests are brought before the throne of grace during the week as we 
persevere in prayer for all these prodigals, that they come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, that the prodigal return back home. That's our prayer for all these requests. And we thank you for tuning in to this edition of the Parents of Prodigals podcast. We will be on the air next Thursday, December 7th at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. But until that time, if you are the parent of a prodigal son and daughter, or the guardian of a prodigal son and daughter, and you live in New York, California, North Carolina, Oklahoma, or Connecticut, or Idaho, or Georgia, if you are the parent or guardian of a young person, whether they're a teen or an adult, and you're in anguish for their salvation, you want their names written in the book of life, and you live in Tennessee, Texas, Utah, Wisconsin, New Jersey, or Montana, if you're the parent of a wayward son and daughter, and you want them free from the bondage of the enemy, and you want them to have life abundant, and you live in New Hampshire, New Mexico, Rhode Island, Indiana, South Carolina, Wyoming, Michigan, Minnesota, or New Mexico. If you're the parent of a prodigal and wayward or backslidden son and daughter, you want them to get raptured. You want them saved. You want them to spend eternity with Christ. And you live in France, Uganda, the United Kingdom, India, Germany, Tanzania, Japan, Canada, Brazil, Bosnia-Herzegovina. If you're the parent of an unsaved son and daughter, you can't stand seeing their lives destroyed by the enemy, and you want to see them surrender their lives to Christ so that their names are written in the book of life. And they'll go to heaven. I encourage you. I touch and agree with you. Continue in prayer, being watchful therein. And watch the road. Watch the road. Your prodigal will be on it. Until next Thursday, December 7th at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, this is Brother Alan Weir thanking you for tuning in to this Parents of Prodigals podcast. God bless you, and good night.